straight, no chaser. What's up, Internet? Uh, welcome to Straight No Chaser, the podcast. This is actually kind of a new thing. We're going to try to Facebook Live this at the same time while we're live streaming it, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, this is a podcast. And in this podcast, we drink and we talk about different things. And we really going to have to get into, oh, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Facebook, obviously, Instagram, Wherever you go for podcast, you can find us straight, no chase of the podcast. So straight on that note, you see what we named. We might as well just jump into this because we got a whole lot of feedback about last week's show. Can, can, can I go in? Can I go into it? I mean, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Um, so with last week's show, uh we, we, our attempt was to tackle one of the subjects was to tackle uh black women and um how they do not feel protected and and in trying to tackle this that, that that idea we we got stuck on one piece of what we perceive protection to be which was you know you got four men talking about protection we started talking about physical stuff and we got stuck on the physical stuff and um and getting stuck on the physical physical stuff understanding that a lot of the the, the you know the demographic of the people who are listening to us a lot of them are women yeah, they they was hitting us up like y'all are wrong. Like we we're not talking about physical protection. Like there's a whole lot of other stuff y'all mm-hmm. aren't talking about. So um, like yo, what's up? So you know, talking with them and you know, listening to the show from last week. We, yeah, right. we, we were wrong just to focus on that piece. It's so much is to focus on stuff that really don't really concern you. It's almost like we was mansplaining stuff mm-hmm. based on the, the interaction I got. Um, so what we want to do this, this week is we want to, we want to talk about the other things that from what I've been told really, really matters. All right. Agreed. But I mean, again, we got to go with the elephant in the room that there are no women on the little group because it's a group of us four dudes. And so, you know, it'd be difficult to find a woman that could even, I mean, there's plenty of women that could do that, but I mean, anyway, that's why it is the way that it is internet. So go ahead, Rob. So let me let me ask you, let me ask you this one quick question. Like just to, to jump out it with this, because I think this is Well let, hold up before you do that. Let yeah. me let me ask this question. Do you guys feel like the feedback was justified? Good feedback question. is always justified. No, no. I mean it's feedback is everybody has an opinion. Like an asshole, everybody got one of those too. Right. But I'm saying, do you feel like the feedback that we received was valid, justified? Was it a was it a perspective that you find value in? I did. I did too. I, yeah, I absolutely did. I like and I didn't we talked, we had our show, we put it in the can, and I didn't listen to it until um Saturday morning I was riding out to Virginia and I was like, ugh. <laughs> and then when people 
was listening to it. They was hitting me up on IG, on Facebook, in my own household. And I'm like, absolutely, we we overlooked a whole bunch of stuff. And and when you overlook stuff, the, the people who were sitting there waiting for us to talk about it, they're like, all right, get into it. And we didn't get into any, we typically didn't get, my opinion is we didn't get into anything. We did. Yeah, we, we talked we, about what we wanted to talk about. We, um, the way, listen, I, I'm a proponent of improvement, awareness, education. And there's a lot I, I clearly don't know. And what, this is the equivalent of what I was told, y'all, we sounded like. We sound like some white men. <sighs> I don't like that. I'm just telling you what they said it sounded like. I, I knew and this was going to happen. <laughs> I, have, I had to, I just became a listener at that point and listened to what people have to say and just said, that's fair, that's valid. Um, who am I to say that these other areas don't exist? So, I mean, I, I didn't, you know, Neil, John, I know y'all haven't really said, you know, if y'all believe the feedback was anything. I always want to hear feedback from people. I, I welcome all, you know, constructive criticism, blah, blah, blah. That, that is what it is. Um, the stuff that I was hearing was from people who kind of know me, I guess. And so they weren't surprised, but they were just kind of like, yeah, that's that's pretty stupid and, you know, cavemanish or whatever you want to call it. And while I understand their perspective, I think that mm -hmm. in the terms of having an hour-long podcast, it is very difficult to completely unpack, especially when we're trying to do like little segments. So that's why we wanted to devote as much time as we could, a whole show all about this particular issue because it is important. The feedback is important. We respect the audience and so on and so forth. But it's like, okay, here, here we go. Let's get it. So let's speak it. All right. So, so to touch on what Cage, you just brought up with, with people saying we pretty much sounded like white men. Have, have any of y'all read or heard of that article that ended up on the route? It was um, black. It was straight black men are the white men of the black community. Mm. I, I have read comparison. that. I, didn't, I haven't read the article, but I've heard the comparison. You, you heard the comparison? Neil, Neil, does that, did, have you heard of this before? That's new to me. That's I'm sitting here shocked. No, I didn't hear that. But when you hear that as a title to an article that's in a, in a black publication online, straight black men, us, Whoa. or the white men to the black community, Time what do you think quick. when you hear that? I got, my bad, Neil, let me, I just wanted to clarify one quick thing. Uh, Rashim said that the publication that put this out was a black-owned publication. That's actually not accurate. Okay, not black-owned. I don't. It may not be black-owned. But we can continue on. Go ahead, Neil. My bad. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying when, when you hear when you hear a title like that, it makes it seem like makes not even make it seem. It comes across as men, black men. We fucking up. We fumbling the ball. You know, the sisters don't feel protected. They don't feel like we got their best interests at heart as much as they have ours at heart. So. You know, it makes it makes me want to second guess and look at like what can we do differently. That's just me, anyway. I think that's the point, though. I think like the the here's why I'm comfortable with saying what I don't know. <clears throat> I can't take when I hear black women don't feel protected. I can't take that personal because I'm not a black woman. I can't speak on behalf of black women. What we have in common is being black. I can talk about what it's like to be black because there are things that happen as black people. We all can say, we can agree like, you know, that's some, that's, this is a black thing. 
they can relate to what it's like to be a black man, although they can see some commonalities in that. But from what I understand, when I listen to, to sisters, they talk about emotional protection, um, financial protection. They talk about, you know, if, if really kind of been on the front line with them is they champion like a cause. And part of it, I think to the white man thing is, it's like when white people, like I don't, I don't see racism. I mean, just, so it shouldn't, it shouldn't exist. Well, that's not true because just because you don't see it, I mean, I, I, I can tell you that racism exists because I've experienced it, all of you guys have experienced it too. So I think it's just at this point, shutting up and listening to people and saying, all right, if this is your experience, help me understand that I can be an ally and being okay with saying that. Well, see, for me, it's twofold with that, too. I think I touched on it last week, too. Like, when I hear black women say we're not being protected, do I believe there's validity in that? Yes. But then I also throw it back on you and say, you know, you might be choosing some insecure-ass men. You know what I'm saying? You might be choosing some men that don't know how to be men. So, you know, do I agree with your statement? Yes. Have I seen some bullshit and some things where it's just like, eh, fellas, we dropping the ball to some degree? Yeah, but I do degree, I do feel like, hey, you know, put back some ownership. Like, what are the men that you've been choosing? And did you not see these red flags before you chose them? Being totally honest. Well, 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 John is thinking something. Okay, well, I just wanted to say real quick, the whole uh, black men are the white people of black people thing is uh, insane. Um, I totally understand that is not to say that, you know, black women don't experience misogyny. Uh, what is it called? Misogynoir? I can't even pronounce that word. Misogynoir. It's something you only see on the internet. But anyway, so I'm not saying anything to deny what black women are saying, but to say that black men are the white people of black people is like saying um, it's, it's very destructive and divisive and I don't think it's right whatsoever. And I don't want to get hung up on that because that's not really talking about black women. That's talking about the root and very smart brothers. Anyway, that's totally different. No, it's not totally different. It, 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 I, don't, I don't think it's totally different because like when I think about that article, um, they are talking about, all right, yes, black, black people in general are experiencing racism. Black men are being killed at a greater proportion than any other subgroup mm -hmm. uh, uh, in America by mm -hmm. popo. Like mm -hmm. we, we are typically not the ones getting jobs. Um, we are typically not the ones who are um, starting businesses. The greatest you talking about the number of people who are entrepreneurs now. Black women are going through the roof. So so black men have been kind of held down, foot on foot on the neck, held down. Mm -hmm. That's in relationship to white world, white world in relationship to America. Uh -huh. When you pull black America out of it, think about how black men in general treat black women. Mm -hmm. When you think about how black men in general treat black women, we kind of look like them white guys treating the way they treat us as a community. When we think about how um, we take on chauvinistic mannerisms, how we take on sexist ways, how violence, you know what I'm saying, in our own community acted out towards sisters. So, so Neil, it's not like, it's not that they are picking, the way I'm looking, it's not that they're picking punk dudes that they should have saw red flags on 
Like that's not the sole issue for me. Oh no, no, no. Let, I'm not... let, me, tell you, let me tell you what the sole issue, what the issue, what part of that issue is. We're talking about a culture, a system that does not, when they say they're not feeling protected, they are now in a system where they feel like they've got to fight white people and us. Facts. So if they got to fight white people us. and us. That's the, that's the wrong thing. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's a very good point. Um, these articles and a whole lot of social media is very much about setting men and women against each other. They don't have to fight black men. Black Mr. men don't have to fight black women. But yet we always find ourselves in some kind of contentious ass uh, dynamic for some reason. Why is that? Because the way that people read into the stuff that they see and, and whatnot like that. Anyway. I, I think you're missing a point. It's not... Black women are beginning to speak their truth, period. And if it's their truth, who the hell am I to say your truth is a lie? Nobody's saying that. No, you're discrediting their truth by no, saying it sounds like you are. I mean, am, I, am I hearing something different? I'm saying that they, black women, can absolutely, uh, you know, the, the wage gap is real. Um, the, the sexual assault numbers are real. You know what I'm saying? The rapes are real. All that good stuff. We understand that That's not at the same time. Okay. But what I'm saying is that it does not have to be contentious like black men are the fault and the responsibility of fixing all this is on us. It is a... No, it's, it's contentious because we're dismissive of it. That's, that's why it's contentious. Like, again, if we, if we can't collectively say we agree there's a problem, then it's always going to be somebody saying, hey, look, it's a problem. Fuck, it's, it's something going on. And if you're like, man, stop, shut up. No, it's not. And if all these things continue to occur, then you're dismissing the fact that somebody's telling you, hey, I got a problem. I mean, I, don't, I was just gonna say on top of that, and it's not that we take on the mantle of stopping it, like that's what's gonna fix it. It's oftentimes to go along with Cage's dismissal, we don't even stand up for them when they're victims of it. Mm. And, and 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 that's a part of what's feeding into the contentious relationship where you seeing me go through this. But I don't think we really see it. Some of us are seeing it and not saying a word, and others yeah. are, are so dismissive that it, they, they don't see it. It's Wait, like, we're not talking, we're talking about so many different things. We're not talking about like physically intervening in something. We're talking about emotionally. That was, I got that you. was the problem with last week. We were right. on this physical intervening stuff and sisters are like, no, that's not what we're talking about. They want more. So what exactly is it? What, how are they not protected? I mean, please explain. I'm, no, come on, come. Like they actually told you, how are they okay. feeling unprotected? Not in a physical fashion, but by this other stuff. All right. Y'all heard of toxic masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I know it's a buzzword that people can't stand because it's made its rounds around the internet, but it makes sense that, that we are so caught up in our masculinity that it becomes to toxic. We've heard about male fragility, like certain things that men are supposed to do if for whatever reason, 
a woman challenges that we're so fragile that we get in our feelings, right? Mm -hmm. If a woman tells me that she don't want to be with me, why is it okay for me to kill her? Tell about that dude that shot the, the lady 14 times or whatever in front of the kid. These, now, these, these aren't isolated incidents. These are dudes, they are dudes who are so fragile that if you walking down the street, like the street hollow, like you was talking about last week, Mm -hmm. And they're like, nah, I'm good. I'm on my way to whatever. And then you cursing her out. You trying to spit on her. You trying to throw bottles on. We've all seen that. You throwing bottles. Man, I want to. Who man. said that was right, though? Nobody said that was right. No, that's, but that's, I'm not saying that anyone said it was right. What I'm saying is there is a culture that's been created that has said it's okay and no one's going to challenge it. Or really, not even that it's okay. There's a culture that's been created where no one is challenging it. Okay. You know, it's, it's or a culture that's created where it's the norm. To some yeah. degree, nobody likes to say the word norm because I don't know. Remember a couple of shows back when I said in my high school with my high school kids, we were I was talking about how if a young man approaches you and he's clean cut and he's respectable and dressed nice, he was like, "Excuse me, I'd like to talk to you." Or you had the street dude that's rolling dice. It's like, "Yo, bitch, come here." Who would you gravitate to? Ninety percent of the females were like, "Yeah, the clean cut dude. We're gonna have to let him go." And I think Kelchick was saying it's based on what's become almost the new norm for the generation. And it's scary because they straight up said, yo, Mr. Denton, that clean cut dude, that's not us. That's not who we can relate to. Yeah, but I think that's who grabs our attention. That's maturity too, Neil. Like I, I, I do agree, I think it's a circle you grow up in, but it's also maturity. Um, listen, I, I think we got, based on what I'm being, I'm, I'm hearing and not personalizing it we got work to do as a as a as a male black male community in general so we got a couple different things that we needed to kind of tie in together here rasheen was talking about toxic masculinity and male fragility kg says that there's a whole lot of things that the male community needs to the men in the community need to be doing better basically is that correct yeah okay so what are the things that we need to be doing better as a community? The number one thing we need to do better as a community is listen to women when they say, this is what, what my problem is. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the number one thing. The number yeah. one thing is we gotta be like, if this is your concern, I'm here to sit down, listen and learn and hear you. Okay. Like if, if we can't stop with that. It, it goes back to that comment I said around when we talked about Nick Cannon and what he said to offend the Jewish community. I said, listen, I have no idea what this dude said, if it's offensive or not, because I'm not Jewish. However, I said, if he says something that's offensive to them, then he should be held accountable to it. I, I will look like a, a buffoon if I didn't apply the same logic to this. If a woman is saying, hey, I'm offended by these things, who the fuck am I to say, you know what? Your offensiveness means nothing. Like, that's, that's dumb. Like, I have to acknowledge if I'm hearing it, then it, it must be true. Fine, acknowledge it's true, great. Nobody's denying that the truth is there and it is. But people are denying it. Go ahead, John, say what you, get it off your chest, John. I'm, I'm trying to uh, figure no, out. Like, straight, no, no chasing, John, let it out, let okay, it out. So I see it. Here's my point again. I hear what everybody's saying and it's real theoretical and it sounds real nice. Not theoretical. No, I'm saying, okay, you can say, uh, I accept all the things that, you know, the women are going through. It's very clear to see, we all in this world together, we see what's going on, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not denying 
anything. So let's say everything that women are saying is true, is true, not denying it whatsoever. I'm saying, what can we do to fix it? Y'all said the first thing we need to do is listen to them, hear what they're saying. Okay, we've listened, we heard. And what else, what I'm here, let me get, let me just cut to the chase. You see a dude and he's saying something out of pocket to somebody on the street, for example. Um, or you're in a workplace and there's some kind of, you know, I don't know, crazy situation where she's being, you know, flirted with or whatever. You know, you in that situation, what is it that you're supposed to do? Are you supposed to jump in there, or not jump in there physically, but just verbally or what is it that people want? Because it seems like we're being held to a real strange standard that don't nobody else get because when you get into trouble at, at your job, don't nobody come to your damn rescue. You're on your own because you at your job. So if you're walking down the street and somebody says something out of pocket to you, nobody's going to come help you, Keltrick, Rasheen, Neil. So what is the, what's the point? All right. So, all right, you keep saying we need to tie everything together. Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm going in different directions because it all's tied into one thing that I think you're not really grasping. Perhaps. So here, here's the piece. It's not a, I don't feel, and this is all coming from my perspective, I don't feel it's about whether or not we, we intervene if someone's talking reckless to them on the street or someone's talking reckless to them at the job. That isn't the point I'm trying to get to. That's just a, a snippet of it. The colorism. Like, we got, we have people in the society who look at dark-skinned women like they trash because they dark-skinned. Yes. That's a devaluing of, of, of her as a sister, right? Agreed. We have women who are devalued, period, in general, because they grew up listening to um, itches ain't ish, but hoes and tricks. Yes. And to Neil's point, like, if you see a young girl talking about, I want that street dude versus that clean cut dude, you can't blame that sister for the most part because she's a victim. She's a victim having grown up in the same system that created hoods and projects and stuff like that. Yes. So we're blaming a victim for now doing what the victim was taught to do. You see what I'm saying? Like there is a system that has been created uh -huh. that has devalued, right? that has made it unpopular for men to support women when they have been ostracized, victims of misogyny. Like you have men out there who, who seriously don't like women. If it wasn't for the fact that they had vaginas, they wouldn't like women. And those same men have created the systems that, that it's like the matrix. They created the matrix. Okay. But so, I think, but so what do we do? What do we do? I mean, I, I was with John and I'm like, I really don't think there is a definitive universal answer. I think it comes from, you know, like when you have young girls, daughters, mentoring, let them know their value, let them know their worth continuing to build that structure up from your young age and then continue on, let them know the value. If the people that you surround yourself the most with who are considered your family or your loved ones instill that in you, hopefully, not saying it's gonna happen, but hopefully when you go out onto the streets or into the world, you yeah. will hold that like, yo, I know what I'm worth. I know I'm better than this, it, but you're gonna have your bumps and bruises. So no matter how much, if we have daughters and we tell them how much their daddy's girl or their queens, or you have little sisters and you praise them, Somebody gonna come out the pocket, like Ross said, and be like, bitch this, bitch. And if they not, they don't know how to handle that, or they don't have that much, well, I don't want to say it like that, because it's gonna sound insensitive. But if they don't realize their worth, and realize that they're better than that, 
once you start getting that negative energy, you're going to be like, oh, shit, what do I do with this? I've never been spoken to like this. Then, as you know, some men, they feed off that power. So once I begin to devalue you, if I have you in the palm of my hands, now in your mind, you're going to be like, oh, he thinks I ain't shit. And that's how it starts. I think it starts with, like, just, just praising our daughters and our sisters from a young age and instilling some. And that's not the universal answer, but I'm saying that's a start. That's a start. I think the... I hear you. I appreciate the perspective. I feel like that's, I think that's a, a weaker response because it's, the issue is not sisters on sisters. The issue is black men on sisters. So I don't think you get to solve by reinforcing, I mean, that should happen anyway, reinforcing positive behavior in your daughters and, and, and the women in your community. It has to be a level of accountability where men check men and women and men accept being checked by a woman. Because if a woman can't tell you or express herself to say, hey, you wrong without you whooping her ass, then you a bitch ass dude. If if you can't but let me ask you a question with that. And I'll I'm, not you put a, I'm not saying she should put a I'm saying check you like you know No 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 I'm I'm giving you a scenario. So if I come from a home where I saw my, for lack of a better phrase, just explanation. If I come from a Ike and Tina home, and I saw Ike is my dad, and I saw that shit go on, and he's constantly, and just, you know, just being a strong mother, she took it and she raised me, but from all I saw was that, was that, was that. If, by chance, and forgive me, Kelsey, because I know how you get it. If, by chance, I correlate that to be like, okay, that's how he taught my mother. I saw no matter what, in my mind, I'd be like, Ma, you should leave him. But she stayed no matter what. She still kind of loved him. If he grows up in that mind state without having positive males around him, and he therefore treats his girlfriend like that, can we really say he was a bitch-ass nigga? Because he was conditioned that way. Not I, didn't call him, I didn't call him the N-word. That's you saying that. So don't put that on me. I'm saying. Oh, oh but can we just say, you know, you, you know better if he was conditioned that way? Yeah, I can still say that. Because at this point, you're a grown man. And you can't, you can't. We can all, he can say he had trauma growing up. All of us have had some level of trauma in our youthful experiences. I mean, it's just, just par for the course. That doesn't make us exempt from being accountable for our actions as an adult. So I don't really give a damn if you saw Ike beat your mom because at the end of the day, when you saw your mom getting beat, how did you feel? But are you telling me this hold now? Up, hold up, hold up. You can't tell me, there may be some young men out there who see that happen and they think that's okay. But I would say, for the most part, my, my assumption would be people who see their mothers get beat look at their fathers like, what's wrong with this dude? They want to help protect their mothers. They resent their dads for doing that. Even if the mom stay, they're still looking at dad like, man, what, what's wrong with you? This woman is nurturing me. She's doing all this for us. She's doing this and that. Why are you putting your hands on her and hurting her this way? I feel like it's, it's impossible for somebody to see that and feel like, you know what? That's the right thing to do. Well, we're not talking about all we, it's more than a physical, right? Well, I'm not, about, Neil, Neil provided a scenario. Yeah, it's deeper than that. that. I got you. He was talking about the daughters, hitting right. up the daughters. Right. I'm like, it's not the daughters we got to hit up. It's the men. It's right. Us. That brings me to another question I've got. So you said earlier, like, you as a man have to be able to be checked, whether it's by a woman or a man or whatever and have somebody has to be able to tell you that you're wrong and, and so on and so forth. Um, that shit comes with maturity. 
nobody can check me. Right. I will hear what you got to say, but that don't mean that I'm going to change a damn thing, male, female, or whatever. So, so let, let, let me do this then. You, you getting caught up on a word check. Because it's that male fragility thing. It is. <laughs> it must be. It must be. You're, you're getting caught up on this word, can't nobody check me, but that's not really what it's about. It, I see. It, it's about everyone can be corrected. Mm -hmm. Everybody. And, and well, hold on. Are we saying that from a mature perspective? Think about if we was all in our 20s and a young brother came up to you and said X, Y, and Z for whatever reason, you know, handling yourself accordingly around a female, whatever, whatever the scenario is, going by Keltrick's scenario of being accountable. And you know what I mean? Like, I think it comes, I, I totally agree, it comes with maturity. But in our 20s, it, it, you ain't I, trying to hear what nobody So, thinks. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm not putting people's names out there. And, and I'm not putting the specific situation as it went down because it ain't nobody's business. But there was a certain night at Seton Place where Neil and John. You just said you wouldn't go say nobody's name. No, he said I, not other than us. Listen to me. I got you. I got you. Seen place where the two of you had to check me. Right. Yeah. To the point, I'll just say. Okay. Okay. To the point where you two had to accompany somebody somewhere. I okay. got you. I got you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like she and I had conversations about that later, but I was straight out of pocket. Like I was wrapped up in that toxic masculinity, um, that male fragility. And when she did what she did and I exploded, I should have been able to handle that like a champ. But being fair, and, and I on, did, did you not receive that better because we are family? 20, you received it because we're family. If it was a stranger. I'm not talking about whether or not I received it better because we was family. Your questions were dealing with as a 20 something year old who's still growing and coming into their maturity. Are they able to be checked when they are exhibiting toxic masculinity and male fragility? And as a 20-something-year-old, y'all were able to check me. So it's, I find it ironic that y'all are taking a stance because y'all are the ones who put me in my place. Whether you know it or not, you did. Hold on one quick second, Neil. Because in order to give, you you can't really, you it's, it's going to be really difficult to kind of unpack this. But the instance that you're talking about, it was... Not the, about the person answer. that you wait, wait, well, hold on a second, hold, hold on a second, KG. The person that you was talking about said something out of pocket, and it yeah. triggered you, and stuff happened, and then we had to be like, "Yo, blah blah blah," and what, what, what. But it was, if it is you being a male, 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 fragile, toxic masculine, whatever, because of how you responded, isn't that in response to something? What I'm trying to say is we all equal here. So hold on. And what I'm saying is men need to be accountable to themselves and the people around them. And that we have to, as much as possible, try to be in control of the things that we do and the things that we don't do. Mm -hmm. When we see that there are things put in place that negatively affect our women to the point where they no longer feel comfortable reaching out to us, then that means in some way we were present in a bad way or we weren't present when they needed us so they don't come to us. Did that confuse you? I mean, I feel like that's life. Wow. There's gonna be instances where you was cool with somebody 
and they dropped the ball when you needed them, and so y'all switch your separate ways. That's life. And, and you're, and, and, you're missing the point, John. You're making you're making this so anecdotal and making it about very specific situations. I don't think people need you to be there a thousand percent of the time. I think people just need to feel like they can depend on you. Like in our friendship, all of our friendships, there are probably some times where we wanted something from each other and we we just didn't show up periodically. Over the course of 20 plus years, people have been pretty damn consistent. So it's more like the likelihood of you being there is greater than the likelihood of you not being there. Mm -hmm. With black women, the perception that I get is the likelihood of us being there is less than the likelihood of us not being there. Like they, they, they anticipate us not showing up, not being available, not being supportive. And that's something that it, it deeply troubles me. Cause I don't, again, thinking about like the old white guy, not knowing that people, people knowing that people feel like that, it, it, that kind of hurt to be honest. You know, to even to even have to be explained, you know, I feel kind of kind of stupid. Like, how can I miss this? How can I miss this with people that I feel so connected to? In in, in the show, how it represented itself last week. To for, for their case in point, for a woman's case in point, when they talk about um, protecting a woman, they're also talking about supporting a woman and allowing them to do what they do, how they do it, when they do it. And, and, and if they find themselves in situations where they're, they, they need um, consolation, even to be there to console them. So for their case in point, we talked about it largely from a physical perspective, which missed everything. And then we immediately talked about Oprah, criticizing her, why can't we just support what the sister's doing? We immediately cracked jokes about uh, uh, Megan Thee Stallion being as big as she is, and Tory Lanez being the smallest she is. I, here's, here's the thing I, I will say too. I don't think that absolves us of being critical. Because I think black women are critical of black men. Uh -huh. I think we should be allowed the opportunity to be critical of black women. I think right. the conversation has to be evolved and it can't be one-sided. So I say we have to understand what support can look like. We also have to understand again how I said they can check us. We have to be able to check them too, because all of us can get out of pocket at times. And, and, and I, but I think for the purpose of this discussion, it needs to be more on the side of us being checked. Well, we've done a lot of dirt. You know what right. I'm saying? Like I, I think about, I was thinking about this. I listened to that whole thing y'all was telling me about the lady from the Roots. That was she shot ether. When I listened to her whole thing, I was like, whoa. Jaguar Wright? Yeah. So, yeah, that lady. Let me wrap this up. For y'all that don't know, Jaguar Wright is a singer and formerly associated with The Roots and um, has been on social media talking a lot about things that she went through, things that people that she knows went through, naming names, and you going too, all the names. What's up? She named Common. She named uh, Black Thought. Black Love. Black Thought. Black Love. She talked about uh, Talib Kweli, Jill Scott, Erica Badu. All kinds of different little things. So, the Wu Tang Clan. R. Kelly. But I mean, she felt very unprotected at the time, and she couldn't say anything about it at the time. But now here it is, and it's all in response to one of the dudes from the Roots, Malik B. Roots, Malik, Malik B. Dying. 
and it, it's a big, huge mess. But, but she feels that, very unprotected. Is but isn't that isn't that exactly what goes on in in the music industry when sisters want to get put on? What do they have to do? They got to play coy. They got to play like they like people. They got to let people sleep with them. They got they got. Time out. But they don't have to. You don't have to do that. No, no, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to. But you know when you have same thing with us. If we can claim that we're immature and we need to mature to get to a certain point of our level of understanding, at the same time, when you a young girl trying to get put on in the industry, your immaturity will will allow you to do certain things because that's just the way it is. Right. So we, we, we can't say we allowed to have those immature moments and they not. So no she didn't have to do it. They're human, just like men. Men and women, they're both human. We're all people. You but know there's a power dynamic that's- She didn't say she, se she, got, she, didn't say she sex to get in. She talked about how a lot of those artists did sex to get in. She did talk about them. She, she, said didn't, say she, she didn't say she did, but she said she saw a lot of misogyny. And see, my, my point, the point I'm trying to make is that they go through their process where they go right. from immature to mature, and then they recognize the things that they went through or the things that they put up with at an immature stage speaks to a power dynamic that we as men, can, we, we control. Mm -hmm. Like, you hadn't, they had no control in the circumstance situation. So who was she going to go to to be like, while she was in it, to be like, I'm seeing all this stuff and all these sisters is getting, you know, stanked on. We got to fix something. Back then, who was she going to go to? I mean, it, it's a messed up, jacked up situation. I totally understand it. It just is what it is, huh? This is what I'm, I don't, I, I don't mean to sound callous and rude. And I'm, I don't think that I am a misogynist and all these other things. But I do think that I am fairly realistic and that life and people can be real jacked up sometimes and it is one of those types of situations and i'm not saying it's right i'm saying it happens i'm saying that women have a specific specific unique set of circumstances i haven't met any woman that is not literally afraid of being molested and leery of giving a number out because they don't know what a man gonna do and you know we don't have them same kind of hang-ups from male to female perspective normally so yeah we get it but there's differences in the genders and the sexes or however you want to define it. But at the same time, it's like all we can do, Keltrick, you said something earlier about how um, it kind of pissed you off and made you mad that there was this feeling out in the world and how you had completely missed it or whatever. The reason that you missed it is because you're taking care of home base. So your wife, your daughter, your mother, your family members, your friends, you were taking care of them people, and they probably have a very high opinion of how you interact with them and want, 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 because that's what you're mostly concerned with, the people that you have impact on. So no here's here. can I ask you a question? I mean, yeah. We, we, want, we want to change to, to police brutality and over-racism in America, right? We want to change, okay, yeah. We want to change, right? Yes. And we know that it takes a mass, the masses of people to do that, right? Correct. It needs to be a collective of folk, not just black folk. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not, come on now. You know not just black people can, can make that change. I totally disagree with that. All right. So, well, so for, let's the, for the sake of the convo, we'll go with it. Let, let, let's, it we'll go with, your, we'll, we'll go with your, your, your premise that it's only going to be black folk. Within the subset of black people, there are going to be black people who ain't going to want to have nothing to do with changing because I'm, I'm a good conservative black person. You just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with America. They don't need to be no change. Yes. You almost sound like 
them to an extent. Like, I'm taking care of everything that I need to take care of to be good. That's the white man pre premise. Right. So I don't see what you see. You just told him he didn't see. I'm not saying. But see, y'all saying, I you didn't just say told that. Cage, you just told Cage, because I could be wrong. You just told Cage that he doesn't see it because he's taking care of home and everything is good at home. So he right. doesn't see that out in the world. Right. So there are other people who could potentially not see our plight because everything they got going on is good. And my response to, be, to them would be like, just open your eyes. Like really just open, how can you not see a police on a, on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds? How could you not see that? Because, okay. you, because you good. So what I would say to that is, it sounds like you're asking two different kind of questions here. You said, how can you not see it when I keep saying, we see it, it's going on, we experience it, we see it, okay, we got that. But how can we influence, what can we change? Keltrick was like, uh, earlier in, the, in what we just went through earlier just now, he was saying, you know, I didn't know, or not that I didn't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but something along the lines of, it made me mad because it existed and I didn't recognize it or whatever. My point being is that you might not have been in it if you're not on social media, and all you see is the women around you and you doing what you got to do, how would you see it? That's what I would say. Nah. I'm not denying that it exists. I'm not saying that it's not happening. I'm just merely saying that's how. What I'm saying is women, what I'm taking away from this is black women have been silent about their suffering for such a long period of time. And black the, the black experience has been, it has usurped their experience. And so because they have not had the platform to say, all right, black women, we suffering too. It's been, it's, it's been hushed, it's been quiet, it's never been talked about, it's never even been addressed until now, at least people having a conversation about it. The previous plight was about women. It was a women's movement, not a black woman's movement, but a women's movement that mostly gave white women some, some level of authority. And the, the parallel that I made to this is really around like the whole Ellen thing. Somebody sent this to me now, it could be a stretch, but I get it. Kevin Hart and somebody else came out and was in support of Ellen, but they were, you know, they've been, they said they was kind of quiet when it came to um, Gabrielle Union, um, some of the other sisters who, you know, experienced certain things in the industry, but they jumped real quick to Ellen's defense. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I feel like I, I understand what people are trying to say. And I think it's, it's a fair conversation. Now, my question that I had when I had a conversation about this was what, what's the fix? Cause I feel like this, it's, it's an ever evolving set of circumstances, not just the women, not just the racism, not just the, the classism, um, I mean, in the reality of it, over the, since COVID, the billionaires made another $168 billion. And Ooh. poor people are losing badly. And it's continuing, the wealth gap is continuing to grow. When we really figure this thing out, it's going to be when we start talking about dollars and cents. And the people that got it, and we, all of us ain't got no money. Even if you got a million, you really ain't got no money. Um, Poor white people, poor black people, poor Latino people, poor Asian people. When we all figure this shit out and throw it and make it upside down, 
all of this other inner stuff is divisive in itself and people are good with that because it keeps the bickering at the bottom level yeah I, and i think a part of the fix is that, that, that there has to be a level of awareness it goes straight to what what um what a lot of people were talking about in terms of what's going on now with george floyd first the first step is always awareness um the second step is education the third step is action uh, I think there has to be a level of awareness. There has to be a level of an awakening similar to what white folk has just gone through with George Floyd. And a part of that awakening, like black people in black men in general have got to be comfortable with the idea that we can be the oppressed and the oppressor at the same time. And, and, and I think having that paradox screws up people's brains. Like, well, how can you be oppressed and an oppressor at the same time? Well, yes, we are being oppressed by dominant culture. And at the same time, we have learned and internalized dominant culture's ways to the point where we now, without even thinking about it, act out that same oppression on the women that's around us, the women in our family, the women on the street. And at the same time, those same women are marching for us when we get shot down by the cops. Those same women are the ones who was running the civil rights movement. Same women cooking the fish in the basement in the Nation of Islam or the, or the chicken at the church. So the same women that's, you know, bringing the money at the crib. I mean, they're the most educated group in, in, the, in the country. So it's not like they're not bringing the cheese to the house. Right. So, so, I mean, they're supporting us. And at the same time, by and large, that we find ourselves in mass as men supporting the issues that women have lifted, that black women have lifted up. I can't lift their, I can't tell them what their issues are. So the awareness starts with recognizing for me that I can be oppressor and oppressed at the same time. And I need to listen to them and let them lift up what their issues are. That's a part of the education. And then that action piece, if, if, if they need me to march in the streets, I got to march in the streets. If they need me to, to pick it and, and boycott and do all that, I got to do that for them. If I'm gonna do it for George Zim, a uh, 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 George Floyd, I need to be able to do that for Brianna Taylor. You what's know, wrong, John. Hmm? Is that, you know, what I'm saying, what's wrong, John? You like you got something to say? I mean, um, I hear everything that y'all are saying. I'm always down for a good protest, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd, or whomever it may be. Um, all I want to say is, if we are both the oppressor and the oppressed, what ways are we oppressing? How are we doing it when black men die faster? We are less educated. We don't start the businesses. Um, we in prison more. Uh, we kill each other more. You know what I'm saying? Whose oppression is, is really going on here? And I'm not denying that there are, again, situations that women specifically face that I simply do not. And I get that at the same time. I feel like it's divisive and all that other good stuff. I can, I can answer that you question. You realize that black women are more likely to die giving birth than any than most other women. I'm not denying that at all. Well, I, I'll read you this list that somebody sent me. Oppression and privilege broken down by one, black people versus white people. Black men versus white men. Black women versus white women. Hold on, time out. What, is, what, are, what are you reading? Just listen. One, black people versus white people. Two, black men versus white men. Three, black women versus white women. Four, women versus men. Five, 
white women versus white men, six, black women versus black men. The only ones that impact us are numbers one and two. What women are telling me is they got one, three, four, and six, so that there are more issues from a sex perspective that they deal with than what we deal with as black men. And so, because we don't see these other issues, I don't know why you're getting sleepy, because we don't see these other issues, we can say, we can dismiss them, which is what we talked about from the beginning. Just because we don't see them don't mean they don't exist. I can't say it in another way. I totally get that they exist. Now, you asked a specific question, how can you be both oppressed and oppressor at the same time, especially right. if we're, we're being shot down and killed in the street? Beyond that, because it's more than just about it. We ain't got jobs. We're we, we, we less educated. Oh. So um, this is how we can be, how we have been the oppressor to black women. Okay. In college, it got to a point where every woman that I got close with was sexually assaulted. Who were they sexually assaulted by? One by white men. Mm -hmm. That's black men sexually oppressing women. Mm -hmm. That's that's one that 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 happens in our communities. Absolutely. Um, two, domestic violence. That we can't just take a woman walking away from us. So we gotta feel we feel like we need to put our hands on her. Mm -hmm. That's a real situation. Definitely. Three, we have been complicit in the over-sexualization of black women around the world complicit as black men we have been the artists that have created the uh, fuel not created fueled the industry that got us out here calling the women what we call them dressing them the way we dressing them sex is selling all that stuff and and i say complicit because of course we don't we don't own, own the, the the record labels and distribution like you know well not now i mean we do a little bit now but back in the day when this thing first started that was all owned by others Mm -hmm. and, and those others were telling us, well, this sells better than that. And we said, well, then shoot, we'll do this because we want to sell. And they would throw us a couple dollars and we would paint this image of a, a black sister, just like they did in slavery, the one who was just hot to top, hot to trot. And that image of a black woman would go all around the world. So where someone in Germany who had never met my sister will see all those images. So the first time they do, then they'd be like, oh, so this is what Nini must be about. You know what I'm saying? We've been complicit in that. So we have helped to create these images that are oppressive. That's been that's been decades going. It's it, not it, like a new thing. It's not a new thing. None of this is a new thing. And this is all stuff that has been happening over time. And at, at no point in time has there been a mass movement of men saying this shit has got to stop. How they will ever be? Thank you. How, how are we going to stop? Who do you think they will ever be? Like, Everything that you're saying is valid. Everything that we're debating is valid. Sisters have gone through an immense, just clusterfuck of issues. But one, how is this going to stop? Two, what about those sisters who have said, I refuse to let this happen? I'm not letting this happen. So it's not like, I don't want to be insensitive. because it's a delicate topic. Straight no chaser. Not every sister has made that choice and fallen victim to the, the I don't know what to call it, the mass, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not every sister has succumbed to that. There's some sister that said, I'm not sleeping with you. There's some sister that said, I'm not wearing this. So when I hear like, there's no 
Yeah, but but it almost seems like there's it, it's almost sounds like there's no choice and we have to there is a choice. If if a system I don't I feel like the women we need women on we, at some point in time we gotta bring a sister on at least two, bring them up on the screen and have a conversation with them. So many said that they wanted to come on and talk about this. I like no. I don't I don't I know. <laughs> I know. But go ahead. You was about to say something, Cage. I'm just saying like I remember we went to, um, we went out one night and I just remember this, this sister telling us, like putting us up on game. Like I'm listening to this lady tell the story about how she went to bed and slept with her pants on because she didn't want to get raped. Mm-hmm. Like she was that uncomfortable. And I, you know, it, it made me think about a time in college where this, this woman, she was so drunk, man. I felt so bad for her. I helped her get to her room. And we, you know, we used to live, we used to live way off campus, way off campus. And she was so slizzard. I helped her get to her room and she was just like, you know, I just want to go to sleep. Let's just go to sleep. And so we woke up the next day. She looked around and was like, you didn't, you didn't try nothing with me. It's like, no, nah, I mean, you was, you was dressed. Well, make sure you got to the crib and went to sleep and that was it. And in my mind, I, I didn't think nothing of it at the time, but clearly that was her. She was, I'm assuming she was concerned that something was going to happen to her and she wouldn't have any control of the situation. And that, I mean, I think that would take advantage of that, unfortunately. And, and those got to be the times when you see that kind of stuff happen and be like, nah, bro, you can't be doing that. You got to step in and, and, and intercede that. Because I'm all for like that type of behavior, um, correcting. We've been asking this whole time, what can we do to change that? That's definitely one of them situations. There was no such thing, and people going to seem like this is coming out of left field and it's crazy, but back in our day, in the late 90s, the idea of consent, it did exist, but it wasn't called that. You couldn't just molest nobody or have sex with somebody and them not be with it and that be okay. Clearly, that was not okay, but the idea of, yes, you got to say yes to something clearly was much, much differently understood back in the day wherein it was like just different. So like you had to read body language and- What are you saying? What in the hell are you talking about, John? Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is not good, brother. I'm saying the idea of consent- It was 90s for me. I knew no mean, meant no. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that, of course, no means no. See, this is how- I, had, I had to get a- I had to get a-, a No, let John get it off. Let John get it off. Go ahead, John. Let me, let me try to help him out. I'm trying to divert from him. I'm trying to divert from him. No. Because this is how it gets twisted. No, let him fix it. You got to fix this, John. Because you was talking, we were talking about consent. No, you were talking about consent. That idea was not as clearly understood in the late 90s. And what I'm talking about specifically is that you want the emphatic verbal, yes, we are doing this. Much So it was just like sometimes there would be instances where, yes, she was with it or whatever, but it wasn't be like, yes, let's do this now kind of thing. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not no, saying I, I think I think no. this is I don't understand what you're saying. No. But I also think that it's very similar to just because you may get sex from a girl doesn't mean she was with it. She just mean that I wanted to put up the fight. Facts. Understood that, but what I'm okay. So. What the fuck are you saying? Clearly no means no. Clearly, you can tell the difference when somebody is interested in you sexually or physically and when you when they not. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying 
Now it is understood that you have to say, yeah, I don't care if she's butt naked in the bed, drunk, she has to say like, yes, I'm with this, correct? Right? Consent, right? Don't don't look at me crazy. Okay, well, we're moving on because I'm not, I'm not doing it. She can't be drunk. She can't be drunk. Right, the drunk shit. Okay, right. What I'm saying is she has to say yes. Can't can't you no know, body language type stuff, which is a different understanding than it was 20 years ago. Not saying no doesn't mean no. Not saying that, you know, force yourself on somebody. I'm not saying none of that. I'm not saying that. I don't know what you're saying. Right. I'm lost. Because, I'm, but, and I think to a certain extent, you're on the track of personal responsibility. How does a man take personal responsibility? There you go. I am talking about, go. yes, our personal responsibility, but also um, our communal responsibility. Like, because it's not always about whether or not a woman has the ability to say yes or no, or accept or not accept certain circumstances, situations. Like, there are certain things that are set up that a woman will walk into and just have to accept it the way it is because she does not have the power to change it. Like yeah. if you're talking about employment and how much they're gonna get paid, or if you talk mm -hmm. about how a, a VP at an at a, at a office refers to her as honey, sweetie, baby, but she got the same PhD as someone else at that same company and a mm -hmm. white woman gets called Dr. So-and-so. You see what right. I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. so, so that's not something that you accept and that's not about our personal responsibility, but that mm -hmm. is something that we can be advocates on their behalf. Yeah, I know I know a sister who who in her job and in what she does, she tolerates a level of BS, like dudes flirting, being totally um, unethical in their approach, but she plays it because she doesn't want to, you know, mess up her money. Um, in her mm -hmm. professional career and that, you know, she's a, a working woman. She's not like a stripper. I'm not saying nothing like that, but in the business that she does in sales, um, she makes deals, she does all this type of stuff. And she has, to, you know, she goes out and kind of hobnobs with folks and then they, you know, they get to drinking but she has to be on guard all the time because people, people want to try to fuck her. And that's not, that's not cool. I, I think about one of my home girls, she worked in the office and she dealt with what you're talking about, Rod, where, everybody's honey, sweetie, baby. Like, I, I cannot stand when people refer to women and be like, what's up, sweetheart? I mean, I know people do it. I'm not, just my personal opinion. I don't want to, I don't want to diminish somebody by saying things like that because that's not, I don't know you that way. It's, it's ma'am, miss, that's, that's enough. But honey, sweetheart, beautiful, all that kind of stuff. I just, I just can't, I can't get into that conversation because one, I think it's demeaning to women because you don't, you know, they don't, you know, they even like it or not. In my Facts. personal opinion. Facts. I mean, I know I know a couple of sisters. I know one that tunes into I think real professional, real classy, handles her business, but then she gets looked at like she's a hard ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, but she's very professional, knows what she wants, not in the play no games, but it's almost like, oh, she's a bitch. Why? Because she's about her business. She makes contracts, she makes things happen. So I guess in a way I can see Rod's point of view where it's just like we have this viewpoint where you know, America doesn't really salute or appreciate a strong, focused, professional sister that's about her business. Why is she titled a hard ass? Why has she got to be, you know, looked at any way less than the, the man, male counterpart, who's just as much as focused and professional as she is? So it's, it is a double-edged sword. And, and I didn't want to use, I don't know whether it was John or Kelsey that said, 
it is what it is. But it's, it's almost, we kind of know that it's 10 times, maybe even 20 times harder for women to get the same respect and the same treatment and the same professional courtesy as the males. But at the same token, can you say that women under, I don't see, it's sensitive. I don't want to say that women know how to play the game and you got to play the game because- We all they, play the game, Neil. They, but no, but I'm saying they shouldn't have to play a game. That's where I'm coming at it. We, but we do. And that's the why game. I, I never, I never, I never try to even look at it like it's two sides of that coin. I just want to do a hard stop at that shouldn't happen. Right. Just like when, when, when a little baby girl got picked up out her chair at, and slammed on the ground by a school security guard. Mm -hmm. I don't care if she was cursing them out. I don't care if she kicked them. Chick is, is 95 pounds. How's a grown man gonna pick her up in the air and slam her on the ground? Shouldn't happen. Like, there needs to be a hard, and that's a part of this, at some point in time, there has to be a hard stop. We, we, we shouldn't look at it if there's another side to that coin. Well, what if well, they- Let me ask you a question, brother, because we spoke about it with that exact scenario. Yeah. So if you are in that scenario, not you personally, you are witness to that scenario. What in essence, I think John is saying, as a black male, if you are around that or visualize, what should happen? What should you do See, at that particular time? And now you backslide into how do you inter intervene in a physical altercation? No, I don't even mean so, physical, because so, 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 we already went there. I don't want to talk physical. I don't want to talk physical. In that scenario, you've got to be able to provide support to that girl. We've got to be able to provide support to that family. If there is some um, advocacy that's going on around that circumstance situation, we got to be able to stand up and, and provide support in terms of being advocates. Like th that. No, forgive me for a second. I'm like we're doing straight no chasing, and I love that scenario. And I and I don't want to go on the physical because we went wrong. I went. I was part of that wrong curve. But in that scenario, you see that how are you going to provide support once it's already once it's happening. You're in it without it being physical. Me just calling the police, me just, you know, giving a witness report to the police. What am I exactly doing to, to help that sister and protect her? Go what ahead. should I do? What, what, whatever you say, Gage. The answer is everything that we say that we want the police to do amongst themselves. Police to police, hold each other accountable. It's, I don't think it's that hard, to be honest. At, at the end of the day, it's uncomfortable because there's this thing called guy code, to be kind of quite honest. We ain't got into that, but that's a part of it too. And so when you think about people like, why did the officer step in and say, hey man, you're doing too much. The same, the same philosophy applies to black men, policing black men or stepping in or intervening in it to say, hey bro, you're doing too much. Or hey white dude, you're doing too much. Hey white woman, you're doing too much. Hey, Asian person, you're doing too much. So I think it's, 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 really, it's really as simple as if you see wrong, you say what's, you call out wrong, wrong stuff. Go ahead, John. We see wrong stuff every single day, all day long. You will be sitting around pointing out wrongness from now to the day that you die. I'm not talking about, you see black women every day? Yeah. What did you saw? What you saw today that was wrong with black women that you personally saw? That was wrong with black women. I'm not saying wrong with black women. I'm saying something that's wrong that happened to a black okay, woman. So for you example, saw today, what was that? Um, I saw a young woman at the grocery store. She had on some revealing shorts. Um, people that were going by were like, "I like that ass." Basically, 
by verb or vocal, whatever you want to call it. Now, was that right? Absolutely not. What you said? Well, well, well. Should I have said, gentlemen, respect that lady. She chose to wear those things. There's no need to talk about her derriere like that. What good would that have done? Would that have changed yeah. them from doing that? You could have talked to her and said, sister, pay these dudes no mind. They're immature. <laughs> and that would be received as game. Because then she would be like, you saw my ass too, nigga. Get out my face. But at that point, the blood is off your hands. You, you did something. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it's something constructive. you know what I did? I wore sunglasses and minded my damn business. But I think, I but again, but again, I want to, I want to draw a distinction. There are individual things that you can do, and then there are there are, are are communal things that can be done. So let's not get them confused, and let's not say if we do an individual thing that absolve us for doing anything. That's communal. The communal aspect of it, I totally agree with. Unfortunately, all of the things that used to make us a community have completely broken down. The church is no longer what it was. The neighborhoods are no longer what they were. Where are we going to do this communal building? Only on the internet, pretty much. And who runs the internet? Black women. So I feel like we're on the right path. We're correcting everything. We're doing a really great job. Internet, keep it up. <laughs> Hey, man, you're struggling with this so much. It's funny, actually. I mean, I think that this is a very good topic. I feel like I want, uh, let me just try to wrap it up because I know we've been online forever in the day. I am not denying misogyny. Like I said, all the things that women are saying is true. I totally agree with. We all have daughters. We've seen it. And that's another thing that kind of pisses women off. They'd be like, well, why did it take you having a girl for you to understand this, because oh, the dude, the dude that the dude that said that BS to AOC, Mary had the daughter. All the, it doesn't matter that we have daughters. It kind of did change things for me. And, and and it brings up a point in terms of having daughters. I know Neil. One of your favorite scenes is the bad boy scenes when they come to the crib, the 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 the, the door with the guns, because old boy came to came here to date who? Yeah, date the daughter, right? But wouldn't it be wonderful if we lived in a world where we knew all young boys was just trained and socialized to the point where they were going to treat our baby girls like human beings, where I wouldn't need to grab the cig and go to the front door? Wouldn't it be beautiful? Like, we go into the front door with a gun to scare him to be like, you need to treat her right. Because we already know that society's in his brain saying, I'm going to try to put my hand under that skirt tonight. Go ahead, John. I mean, why is it that it's us that's kind of crazy and society got in our brains, that is something that we are constantly attacking black men about. I mean, that kind of beef is always kind of present. We should talk about the wider issue, which is the society that fosters those types of things. No, 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 no. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. Talking about women specifically. There is, there is gender-based power dynamics. And how does that relate to the scene in Bad Boys? It, 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 she is not going to show out, go out on a date. We go to the front door with the guns. Because right. we know something about the boy. The, my, my point is, my point is, wouldn't it be great if society supported us creating young men who treated everyone as human beings? That's all my point is. But we know that doesn't exist. We know that doesn't exist. I think it would be great to have a society 
that black men weren't so afraid of other black men that we felt the need to come greet them at the door with guns. You don't, you're not afraid of a 15, 16 year old who come to pick up your daughter for a date. That's, that's, not, not, the, that's not why they did it, man. I don't think there's a cure for this shit. Like, I agree we need to appreciate our black women more. I, appreciate, I, I agree they go through a whole lot, but I'm still with John. There is no definitive fix. You know what I'm saying? Now, to, to start to have the conversation, yes. To come for some solution, yes. But there's no immediate fix. You know what I'm saying? This problem is going to continue on, unfortunately, for a while. But I do agree with Keltrick where it's like, listen, when they talk and they tell us what they're experiencing, listen to that and try to come up with a solution. But to say what's going to happen, there's no fucking answer for that right now. That's not so, true, man. There's plenty of things we could do. We could be mentors. Your, your, your education, like you could, you could, you could have a, a group setting where you mentor all the men. I, but, I, but I'm saying, I, let me finish. Let me finish. You ask, you ask, what can we do? I'm trying to give you some solutions that are, that are actionable. You can yourself individually, as you see things that you need to, that you want to intervene with, intervene in it. Exactly what John's scenario is. He saw one instance of that. Have you seen a black woman and you thought you felt like she was felt unprotected today? I don't think the woman I was talking about felt unprotected. I'm just saying it was wrong what she was going through. I don't even know if she recognized that the people was behind her. That's part of the problem, John. And then I agree with the mentoring, but as much as I could positively influence 20, 30 males in a group over a continuous basis, once they leave me and they go back to their environment and what they're used to, what they see off rap videos, what they see the OGs in their neighborhood do, it's like, all right, Mr. Denton, what you was telling me earlier made sense, but eh, I'm gonna go back to doing me. It has to be a continuum, a continuum from home, mentor, that's something that's deeper no, than just- No, Neil, it has to be a start. Oh, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, me starting it, I could have a two-year mentoring program, but based on your environment, what you go back home to, what you're used to, that ain't gonna make no light turn on over your head. Oh, you, you know, know what? Let me stop calling chicks bitches. Let me stop treating them this way. Let What I've been used to, what I saw my uncle, my grandfather, my brothers do, you know what? I'm gonna stop doing that just because Mr. Denton told, no, it's not that easy. Neil, it is that easy. I'm one person, I stopped saying the N-word. I just made the decision to do that. And I tell people that I don't use that word. And so now they don't use that word around me. But I love you, but you're a culture. No, no, no. It doesn't you're different from everybody else, though. You're missing, you're missing the point, brother. What I'm saying is everything we do, any change we want to see, it has to start within us first. When we start changing and then we can start spreading that message, that's how the change actually occurs. Facts, but if I'm in an environment that it doesn't, doesn't the environment is a result of the people within it. Right. If I, if I change, then my the environment ultimately will evolve as well. The hood that start out, the hood did not start out in the condition that it is in. It evolved into that condition, which means it can also evolve its way out of that condition. But it takes the people within it to make that evolution. We are in a really strange time right now because the so-called hood is being exploded and sent out all into the inner suburbs and all the people that was in it is kind of all being spread out and all the other good stuff in various different areas. What does that have to 
You lost me on that show. Keltrick just said you the lost has not been. Wait a minute. Keltrick just said. Yeah, but that, but that, that point, that point is not a piece to this puzzle. It doesn't fit. It absolutely does. We're talking about the political aspects of being in the hood. No. We political. are talking about toxic masculinity, male fragility. We're talking about misogynistic uh, tendencies that we have. We're talking about being uh, um, supporters and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and comforters to black women who feel like they have no one to go to. And what he was talking about was how, as individuals, do we spark that change in communities? Mm -hmm. He just happened to use the word hood. God. Shook it around with it. Well, gentlemen, I mean, the misogyny will probably continue. I dare say this is not the last time we're going to talk about this topic. Oh, my God. It's, it's probably not. Um, I'm, I'm just kidding, Internet. I'm not a misogynist. Just kidding. Um, all that to say, y'all have, like, some final words or whatever? All right. Are we doing that? So my, my, I, my final words are, um, yes, we, we, we do need to continue this conversation. It ain't going to happen next week because there's already been two weeks to it. But at some point in time, um, John, you kept asking, what do we do? I think that's a question we need to ask women. They have got to drive that discussion. They've, right. got to, they've got to help give us that answer. We can't tell them what we're going to do to help them solve a problem that they experience. They have got to inform that, and they've got to say, Black man, this is what I need from you. And what we have to do is listen to them. So as a part of my closing, I say, we've got to listen to our women. We've got to be able to be aware of what, to, of what they're going through. Let them educate us and let them give us the solutions that they feel we can provide to help them in a circumstance situation. And it may not be that we swing in like Tarzan on a, on a vine and, and fix their problem, but that we are just supporting them as they fix their problem. So um, that's all I got to say. Yeah, my, my final word is uh, be open to being wrong like as men, be open to being wrong and uh, be open to listening. And sometimes you gotta learn how to just shut the fuck up and understand the concept of waiting. Why am I talking? Mm. And I'll say black women, we love you. You appreciate it. Um, you go through a lot of shit. We're willing to listen and we love you. Well, three of us willing to listen. Oh, and also, happy Jamaican Independence Day. Salute. I, uh, my final word is I always listen to everybody. I don't know where that slight Mr. Golf came from. I disagree with that. But um, I think that there are entrenched forces out there in the world that are using conflict between black men and black women specifically for a political agenda. They're Russians. That's just how I feel about it. Um, on that note, I guess we're going to hopefully see some of y'all again next week. Some of you might be like, damn, this podcast. We can be found on Spotify, YouTube. Podcasts, Facebook, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, everywhere. So everywhere you get podcasts, you can find this one. Straight No Chase of the Podcast. And uh, yeah, next week, tell us what we did wrong again. And you know, we'll, we'll try to get it right next week. On that note, gentlemen, shut the front door. And respect the business.
Peace out. Hey. Straight, no chaser.